Only 21 million Bitcoin ever? Really? Why? And how is blockchain infiltrating the everyday stuff that we do, well, every day? Finally, is it possible to tokenize liquid assets like real estate and art? I mean, can you actually own a piece of the Mona Lisa in the blockchain? Why don't we find out together as we explore the crypto world on episode number 21, Blackjack, of the Bad Crypto Podcast. Five, four, three, two, one, two, ignition. Who's bad? Greetings, fellow blockchain blockheads, and I don't know if we got a name for you guys yet, but it is episode 21 of the Bad Crypto Podcast. I am Joel Calm uh, with my co-host, Mr. Travis Wright, and together we are the leaders of the Crypto Curious. Ah, bienvenido al episodio 21. <laughs> Yo quiero Taco Bell. <laughs> yes, episode 21 is live and in your ear holes. Where it belongs. It's where it belongs. belongs Except when it's in your eye holes so that you can see. Uh, we've even talked about the idea of perhaps doing a live recording on Facebook Live sometime in the not-too-distant future, yeah? I think that's a great idea. Maybe it's a, a once-a-month type of a thing. Or maybe only bad coin holders can uh, access the live video. Oh, or you know what? You might be onto something here. By the way, we are making this up as we go along. Uh, we really are still learning, and we're lifelong students. And from the sounds of it, you guys are learning along with us. Thank you so much for listening. We are now in 138 countries. We have close to 500 people that are holding bad coin in their wallets. And yes, you can still get some free, but you got to figure out how. Go to badcryptopodcast.com and uh, just search for bad coin and you will solve this problem because we believe in you. And make sure you subscribe to this podcast and to our page because we are going to have specials just for bad crypto insiders, but we're not going to tell you what they are yet. You know, guys, we want to say we love the engagement you guys are, are, are throwing at us. This is great. We love the questions that you guys are providing as well. And there's a multiple ways you guys can give us questions. You can go to the website. You can hit uh, contact, and there's a contact form, and you can say what you want to contact us about, questions, um, you know, tips, uh, sponsorship, interview things. So there's all kinds of different ways you can reach us on that. Uh, you can reach us on Facebook. You can email us at badcryptopodcast at gmail.com, and then we have a phone number, and our phone number is 708 708- Eight eight five nine zero three zero. That's attached to Google Voice. It calls in. It goes right straight to voicemail. You're able to leave your message. We're able to take that MP3, and if it's a good question, we might put it on the show. And also, we have it on Facebook. So if you can go leave us a message on Facebook, just like uh, here, Lucas did. Yeah, Trav. So Lucas 
asked a few questions that are all interrelated on Facebook. He wanted to know why are currencies capped? Why does Bitcoin cap at 21 million and Litecoin is at 81 million? And uh, it's actually 84 million, though. Is it 84 million? Yeah, okay. It caps at 84 so million. these are, uh, you know, these are some of the, the questions that he wants to know. And so why is there? A cap on Bitcoin. I mean, the government can print all the money they want. Why can't when all the Bitcoin is mine, they go, you know what, we're just going to make some more or we're just going to fork. <laughs> right. right. Um, I think really the, the issue is is scarcity. Right. So when we're talking about fiat currency like U.S. dollar or the yuan or the pound, uh, the euro, they can print as many of them as they want. They're not tied to any intrinsic asset. They just basically turn on the printer press and they go. So here, um, uh, Satoshi Nakamoto, what he wanted to do was to create scarcity over time. That's why about approximately every four years, the amount of Bitcoin reward is halved. And so for the first four years, uh, basically, I think it was like 240,000 blocks or something, or 260,000 blocks. The first one, every 260,000 blocks or whatever that number is, it then halves. So they used to give out 50 Bitcoin per every 10 minutes. Now, then it was uh, half of that, which was 25 Bitcoin every 10 minutes, whenever those blocks were solved. And now we're actually in the third um, phase of that because it's split again back in 2016, and it is now 12.5 Bitcoin per block. So if you actually phase that out over time, you're actually able to see that's exactly why the cap pops out at 21 million, because it halves every four years or every 260,000 blocks. It halves, it halves, it halves, it halves. And then so in the year 2140 or something, that's when the final Bitcoin will be uh, mined. And and so that's all the Bitcoin there will ever be, knowing it's that gonna be, it's going to be yours. Uh, it's going to be whoever mines it or oh, who's part mind. of the pool. Mind, I got it. Okay. Mine, 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 mine. Yeah. And Litecoin is actually built on the blockchain of Bitcoin, but they just said, look, we don't want it to be 21 million. We want it to be 84 million. So there's four times as many Litecoin uh, as there are Bitcoin. And that just, you know, that, that helps scarcity. So over time, in theory, the price should increase, which so far in the eight years since it's been released, it has increased in value. So Let's hope the trend continues. Keep the questions coming. We do like them, especially when we have an answer that is maybe right. Let's check the news desk. Facebook, YouTube, and Twitter have a surprising new threat, the blockchain. This story by Jordan Kastler on Inc.com. You know, the major social sites are centralized monopolies, right, Travis? Yeah, absolutely. There is, you know, they own the site. They they do have, you know, shareholders that have that have purchased stock in their company, but they are basically the ones who control all of the content. They control all of the data that is in that. So, you know, they they are the main beneficiaries are, are these hubs. They are centralized content managers and they are selling all of the data right for to advertisers and to to basically make money on your behalf i mean how how big of a company is facebook now like 600 billion or something crazy 400 billion what's their market cap um, i don't know what their market cap is but i know they have over 2 billion people 
that use the site and I don't remember them ever offering to pay me for the content that I post there. I don't remember Twitter ever saying, hey, you've got all these followers and, and thanks for using the site. You know, here's some monies. And YouTube, uh, you know, you get a few pennies for your videos. I mean, you have to be getting millions of views to make any kind of money at all on ads on YouTube. So really everything we create there is we're building on their land and we're not getting anything. Uh -huh. But that is it's already changing. It's changing slowly, but it's changing. There's a site out there called steamit.com, and in the future, maybe we'll do uh, an entire segment on Steemit, and there's a social, uh, a social currency behind Steemit that's called Steam. And uh, what's the market cap on Steam right now? Do you know what the price is? Uh, the market cap on Steam, last time I saw it was like $1.50 per coin. I did just double-check Facebook's market cap. It's $492 billion, right? Okay. And then uh, Google's is right about $650 billion. And there's been a big problem, even with Twitter. Twitter's valuation is not anywhere near that. Uh, but they, they've been censoring content. Like, if they don't approve of your free speech, they, they approve of speech that's in line with their beliefs. But if you decide to, to, to think outside of their box that's approved, then they are literally demonetizing people's videos on, on, on YouTube. Uh, Facebook is eliminating certain sites from even being able to be shared. Google is delisting sites that they don't approve of that are, you know, not within their their narrative. That's a problem. And, and Twitter is doing the same thing. They are banning accounts, getting and they're shadow banning accounts where you can still tweet, but n nobody sees them. And, and so, yeah, you're right, Travis. In fact, I just saw an article that talked about Google threatened to demonetize. Uh, it was a right-leaning site, and the article was attempting to differentiate between the alt-right and neo-Nazis, because they're not the same thing. They're just, they're not. If you lump everybody together, um, then it's a big mistake, and this article was attempting to differentiate, and Google said this was hate speech, and they told the site, you have to take this article down, or we are going to turn off your ads. Mm -hmm. That is big brother, very scary. So this stuff needs to be decentralized. So one example of it is Steam. By the way, I looked it up. It's got a $377 million market cap. Price as of right this minute is $1.57. And there's $240 million and change Steam that are available. I actually, I'm on Steam. And is Bad Crypto on Steam? Do we have... Uh, an account yet it has not you know it's not been approved which is weird so we did go through i have mine my t at tw t-e-e-d-u-b-y-a you are joel com um, uh, i'm actually minor profit m-i-n-o-r-p-r-o-p-h-e-t we'll put that in the show notes hey anybody at steam listening get bad crypto approved so we can start distributing our content there uh, anyway, there's a lot more blockchain solutions that are going to be coming that are going to allow people to create, share, and monetize their content on a distributed ledger via various social sites. And uh, I'm excited about that. I think that that's a really uh, good move and can't wait to see it come to fruition because uh, neither Google nor Mark Zuckerberg should be the final arbiter of what you can say uh, online. Absolutely. That is frustrating. What else do we have in the news? Next one. 
oh, this this is kind of new. You know, we talk about real world applications uh, of things that we do. You know, we take for granted in our lives that people encounter. You know, in uh, their daily life or at least some point of their life, and how blockchain can help to improve them. And I ran across two pieces. One of them is on Coindesk.com, and it says, Library Chain, U.S. government grants $100,000 for new blockchain research. It's a grant to a bunch of researchers that want to uh, see how can they apply the blockchain to public library systems. Yeah, it's interesting to take a look at that, you know, because remember back in the day you'd go into a library and they had the the Dewey, well, they still have the Dewey Decimal System, but those card catalogs and you have to go in and and, uh, you know, where's the book at exactly? Well, now with, with digital books, it's a lot easier. You can actually check out books from, from an app. So it's interesting to see how they might be utilizing blockchain to make, uh, make, make book checking out or just researching or being able to find books or sharing books amongst universities. Or Yeah, I'm not sure what it looks yeah. like yet, but it's cool to see that they are researching it and the government is – you know, giving money uh, to get behind it. Then there's this other story I found uh, subsequently on CoinDesk. Illinois, as in the state of, launches blockchain pilot to digitize birth certificates. Remember how we've talked in the past that um, on the uh, a blockchain like Ethereum that has smart contracts that you can put all kinds of information that then becomes, you know, immutable and indisputable across this distributed ledger. Uh, in this case, a startup called Evernim is wanting to have parents and doctors be present at the time of birth and officially log the birth on a permissioned blockchain. It's fascinating to think that your kid at the moment of birth is immediately put on the blockchain. That's going to freak some people out, right? For one. Well, um, we're documenting the stuff already. I mean, the hospital is documenting the birth. There's a reason we're documenting when people are born and when they die, right? Mm-hmm. We have to keep an accurate, um, you know, uh, account of who's alive and who's no longer with us. And so what's wrong with making that indisputable. I guess it would be harder for somebody to perhaps disappear if they they felt the need to do that. Well, one thing would be is that you you know, if they're keeping track of folks on the blockchain, you know exactly who they are, right? Uh, you know, there's been a big problem with, with in the United States there are at least conversations around voting and voting IDs and why we need one or why we don't need one or whatnot. So, you know, if you're on the blockchain, you have an ID, uh, you'll be able to verify who you are. When you're dead, you're not going to still be able to vote. <laughs> mm-hmm. Right. And, and that is definitely a problem. And I think that uh, voter registration should definitely be put on blockchain. And nobody should have a problem with that. If voter fraud isn't a problem, then uh, it wouldn't show up, right, mm-hmm. as a problem. But I have a hunch that it probably is. You have to and have an ID case, to check out library books. You have to have an ID. You get pulled over by a cop. You have to have an ID. If I want to, to cash a, a check, I have to have an ID. If I want to get on an airplane, I have to have an ID. But to vote for the president and all of our Congress and all of that, we don't need one? That just yeah. seems asinine to me. And it needs to be put on blockchain. In this case, they're proposing that at birth, 
they, they cryptographically sign data that has your name, the date of birth, blood type, and some other details, and make it so it's tamper-proof on the ledger that would only be accessible with consent from a legal guardian or up until you know the age that that person becomes a legal adult. So uh, serious business, this blockchain thing. But uh, hey, do you, uh, did you ever watch Silicon Valley on HBO? Uh, you know, I work, most of my clients actually, so I have a digital agency here in Kansas City, but most of my clients are in Silicon Valley. So I love that show. Big fan of it and pretty hilarious, actually. Yeah, it's funny. You'll remember, you know, uh, Pied Piper was the compression technology that uh, these guys developed that, you know, they became the new unicorn. And they've even made a, a phony website, you know, around the promotion of the show for Pied Piper. But apparently... Uh, according to this story on Cointelegraph.com, there's a few companies who can claim the title of being the real world, Pied Piper. One of them is a decentralized cloud storage network called Storage, S-T-O-R-J, and another one which I actually encountered a few months ago, and I personally purchased a few of it because the coin was so darn cheap, which I know is not the reason to buy um, a altcoin, but it's called SIA, S-I-A, and it's a blockchain-based cloud storage system. So kind of uh, Pied Piper becomes the real thing. It does, and and you're right. The SIA coin is still, that's actually the um, the ID for that is SC. Still super cheap. It is eight-tenths of a penny, actually. And so, there's 29 billion of them. And that is why it is so... circulation. Yeah, oh my gosh. Yeah, but it's an interesting idea that, you know, imagine Dropbox for blockchain, right? Isn't that essentially what they're they're going for here? There's another coin like this called Filecoin that I believe is going through a uh, an ICO right now or did one recently. It was pretty big. Filecoin, um, they had they had one where they're sort of doing that same sort of distributed uh, deal, and yeah, they're saying that's one of the biggest ICOs ever. I, I want to say it was 250 million or even more that uh, that have, and they're trying to do the same thing. Where basically, you know, if you have processing uh, storage available on your computer or you have storage on your computer, then instead of having servers all over the world, let's use a, a portion of your hard drive or a portion of your external hard drives to store some of these files. And uh, I guess compression is part of that, like uh, like with the uh, pipe I think so. We'll we'll discover as we uh, maybe in the future we'll do a show just on this uh, whole idea. I don't know. We don't know. And what's they raised happen. over two hundred fifty million, and it closed on the twenty first of August. Filecoin did, but that was only available to accredited investors, mainly high worth uh, individuals. So. Cool. Well, uh, you know, we don't know what we're doing, except that we're going to go to our featured segment right now. It's time for our feature today, and it is a Bad Crypto Spotlight ICO interview, which is a mouthful. It is. It's extra. It's an interview. We're spotlighting an ICO. Part of the show, so it's not really extra, but there is extra to it because we're recording this interview on video. So those of you who are listening in your ears, you can't see us except in your mind's eye. And I don't know what that looks like, but I did get my hair cut. 
So there's that. You did get your hair did. That is very nice. Very nice hair. Very nice. And just want to let you guys know that we have a ton of companies coming to us and saying, interview us. We've got this cool product or company or ICO that we're doing token. And we have had to turn away a bunch of them because we vet them. And we want to make sure that what we're bringing you, at least from our cursory investigation, brings value. And so this is a segment of the show that is sponsored and in full transparency. And we're letting you know that while we have vetted who we're bringing you today, uh, we can't vouch for the certainty or uncertainty of the future. We're not making any investment um, uh, advice here because this guy and that guy, what aren't we? We are not financial advisors. Uh, we are, you know, checking this stuff out. We're checking out these really cool ICOs. They're doing interesting things. We're vetting ones that are coming through. Eh, maybe they're good. Yeah. And then we're, we're finding the ones that are like, oh my God, these are doing, they're doing some really cool stuff. So we want to bring you those because you know what? Those are the, uh, the future ones that go to the moon. Maybe who knows? Maybe we find them interesting. And we so we find them interesting. We're not no wizards. Further. A done, a do, no, without waiting any longer, we're going to introduce you to our guests. And sitting next to the wonderful Travis Wright and myself from the other side of the world, all the way from Moscow in Russia, yeah, the fantastic country, all the way in the other hemisphere, is the one and only Valentin Prebrzinski. Did I, did I get it close to right? Yes. I yes, did. Uh, Valentin is the CEO of L.A token.com a brand new um uh tokenized crypto site thingamajigger that is extremely interesting to both travis and myself we spent some time uh prior to the uh, interview today speaking with the team members and this is a way to tokenize um, liquid assets such as real estate and works of art and precious metals. And we find this fascinating. So welcome to the show, Valentin. Thank you. Nice to um, be in contact with your auditory and uh, uh, blockchain community. Uh, so uh, liquid asset token is a platform which uh, tokenize and um, make tradable real assets in cryptocurrency. Uh, so we bridge the uh, crypto economy with the real economy. Uh, we uh, can make tradable on our crypto marketplace uh, assets, uh, which worth trillions of dollars. There are about uh, 600 uh, trillion of dollars of assets ranging from debt, which is 200 trillion, which is the real estate, is uh, something also 200 uh, tri- trillion equity companies uh, and even illiquid assets such as artworks can be traded um, because of tokenization. Uh, so you can buy a piece of Mona Lisa, or you can go and buy, uh, go to our marketplace and buy Apple tokenized Apple shares or gold uh, right now. So um, uh, I believe uh, in. Um, um, few years uh, by by 2025 uh, crypto capitalization will uh, exceed five trillion dollars and uh, uh, most of this capitalization will come from uh, asset backed tokens this is fascinating to us so we've gone through 
the site. We'd actually um, had done some research on this even prior to. And so it's interesting to me. So when you say folks are going to be able to tokenize their real estate, they're going to be able to, to tokenize their stocks and their artwork that they're doing. How does that, how does that work? Like, so if I have an Apple, a share of Apple, am I sharing, selling a token? Explain that to our audience so they maybe can understand what exactly uh, LA Token does and how it tokenizes those and makes those assets available. At the moment, we are trading uh, 10 um, tokenized uh, stocks. Um, as I mentioned, it's Apple, it's Amazon as well as um, Facebook, uh, commodities, and it works like uh, forwards. Um, forward is a contract uh, which um, assumes that at a settlement date, um, there is a custody which will pay to you uh, cash equal to the price of underlying asset. So if you bought um, the Knesset Apple, uh, you will get cash equal to price of uh, Apple stock at a settlement date. So there is a date when um, uh, prices of token and Apple converges, they become similar. Um, uh, that's how forward contracts works and uh, forward contracts uh, was uh, turnover is uh, tens of trillions of dollars per annum. It's a very well developed um, instrument and um, I traded forwards uh, for 15 years. Uh, I worked at hedge funds. I was director of research at uh, Swiss uh, hedge fund for portfolio worth uh, $200 million and managed my own hedge fund. Then I created back office to make proper settlement of uh, such instruments and I created marketplace for home equity which is profitable and based on this, I created a platform liquid asset token, and uh, it works now. You can trade tokenized stocks, and we will add uh, stocks worth of uh, uh, one hundred fifty billion dollars within a few weeks to double uh, existing crypto capitalization. I am announcing it first time at your blog. So, okay. so I'm looking at Investopedia real quick because I don't know that people, some of our listeners may not understand what a forward contract and a, and a futures contract are. And so looking at Investopedia, it says forward and future contracts, they have the same function. Both types of contracts allow people to buy or sell a specific type of asset at a specific time at a given price. And so that's kind of what you guys are doing with liquid asset token is you are allowing folks to to do that essentially, correct? Um, yeah, it uh, works like uh, you bought Apple share at a future um, settlement date. For example, today we are trading um, Apple, uh, which uh, settlement date is uh, uh, 1st of uh, October. This means that by this date, you get um, a cash equal to Apple, um, to the price of Apple's share. So you don't get uh, Apple, you get cash equal to Apple's share. It's like you buy forward on silver. You don't uh, get a ton of silver into your apartment. You get cash um, uh, at a settlement date, uh, which offset your um, kind of paid uh, money and you get 
profit or loss uh, uh, depending on price movement. Uh, those of us who are, you know, in the States see the name LA Token, and you might immediately think Los Angeles, but that's not what it is. Of course, it's a liquid asset token. The website is latoken.com, and the symbol that is associated with this token is LAT. So you get lats for it. The ICO has already gone through the first round, and how many millions did you raise in that first round, Valentin? Uh, 9.6 million dollars. Now it, the number is bigger because uh, Ethereum uh, grow 25%. Um, and uh, we sold uh, 30 million tokens. Uh, initially, we um, uh, prepared 25 million of tokens. Uh, however, because uh, they were, we have excessive demand. Uh, we added uh, 5 million tokens from reserve pool uh, and we tried to make uh, sale as uh, much diversified as possible. Uh, so many um, uh, community um, uh, early adopters can join us. And I hope that uh, next round, the second round, uh, which will start 1st of September, uh, will be also available to the broad community. Yeah, and so uh, everybody knows they're they're planning up to four rounds of raise. So depending when you're hearing this, when you go to latoken.com, up at the top, you'll see a link that says the token sale has started or begun. If you click there, you'll learn more. Uh, but what intrigues me about this is many times people ask us, are these things just currencies for people to trade or are there actually practical applications? And, and what I really like about what I see here is this is an incredibly niched practical application. In fact, when you go to the site, you'll see pictures of business buildings. You'll see images of gold. You'll see images of artwork. And the front page is really simple. It says you can invest to buy liquid fractions of assets or you can tokenize and sell fractions of your own assets. So let's bring this home. Um, give us a practical application of somebody who uh, who owns perhaps uh, uh, an ounce of gold. What can they do to uh, sell that in this tokenized fashion? Um, I would say that uh, the biggest user case is uh, for um, crypto holders to diversify the crypto portfolio into real assets without exchanging crypto into fiat. So you go to our platform and buy tokenized Apple and you get uh, diversified uh, your portfolio into Apple and um, other stocks uh, and commodities. Uh, uh, so uh, it, this is the biggest user case. You get exposure to real assets without converting crypto into uh, fiat currencies and you don't um, kind of pay this high transaction costs. Um, another user case for is for less liquid assets such as uh, not tradable real estate or perhaps artworks or perhaps even gold at your apartment which is a pretty rare situation. Normally you have an um, apartment uh, uh, which is um, not completely um, uh, leveraged and uh, you are borrowing against this apartment um, at the moment you take mortgage or something like this uh, you don't need this anymore you can sell fractions of this apartment and get cash 
uh, without interest, uh, without uh, rent. Um, so why would you borrow if you have cash uh, stored in bricks uh, of your apartment? Sell them. Uh, that's what we pr provide for uh, those who have uh, less liquid assets. You can go to our platform, apply for token sale of your uh, uh, real estate or perhaps works of art or perhaps a mining farm. Uh, then we will make a trial token sale to see the demand for your um, asset. And uh, then uh, we will make a legal work which will uh, include a trustee, uh, which issue token and sell them. And at the same time, uh, purchases uh, part of your real, uh, property. And um, um, uh, this trustee have the right to sell your entire property at the settlement date and distribute cash received out of the sale to uh, the property owners, including token holders. This, this is fascinating stuff, and if, if anybody is getting lost in what we're talking about here, within this conversation are actually the answers that many of you have been asking about how blockchains will bring practical application, and this is the type of thing that is going to be world-changing. Uh, for the uh, Bad Crypto Extra, we're actually going to do screen sharing and show you the site and how some of this process works. So to see the rest of it that's not in the audio podcast, make sure you go to our Facebook page at facebook.com forward slash bad crypto and on our YouTube channel, which is a bad crypto podcast. And you'll be able to actually see for yourself what we're talking about. Travis, I know you had a question. Yeah. So I'm curious about this because say, for example, I have my home, my home's worth for the sake of this example, 200 grand. And then I want to tokenize my, my home and then sell a percentage of the token that's worth in my home, right? So say I sell $10,000 worth of my home through liquid asset tokens, and then, then I want to sell my whole home later on. Now, 10000 is owned by somebody else, apparently, but how does the mortgage and the banks and all of that, how does that actually work? So I guess, you know, a lot of our, a lot of our audience is going to say, so, so what happens then if I want to sell, sell my home, like how does the tokens actually work on that? Am I, am I, is it, is it, do I have to pick what we're investing in or is it part of a portfolio? Is it, it's, it's, it's kind of interesting. I think it's going to challenge for some people to, to fully grasp. Okay. When, when you sell 10% uh, of your uh, house, um, title ownership of this 10% now belongs to a trustee. Trustee could be a, a big uh, bank with uh, this service. It could be a big international firm like TFJ Group. Um, and um, you sign a purchase agreement with them. Accordingly to this agreement, you cannot sell um, this uh, uh, house uh, without participation of this trustee. Is that a smart contract then, Valentin? Is that what's built into the, the Ethereum it's level of this? It's a standard uh, kind of uh, legal document. Uh, it's uh, it's um, uh, offline, um, real uh, purchase agreement between trustee and uh, uh, homeowner. And this uh, agreement is uh, registered at the government register of property. So it's a kind of transaction between two um, yeah, to bodies in um, a civil legal form. And um, 
uh, if you want to sell this uh, house, uh, you will notify trustee. Trustee will make sure that the house is sold at the existing market price. Uh, he will also check the price with appraisal and uh, make sure that uh, uh, trustee gets 10% of the home value during this sale and distribute this um, cash between token holders. If uh, uh, this uh, uh, sale of home is allowed uh, before the settlement date, like I mentioned, there shall be a settlement date which actually connects uh, uh, property with a token. At this settlement date, um, property is sold and uh, cash distributed uh, to token owners. So normally, uh, when this day happens, um, trustee will make uh, the sale and uh, property owner have a preferred right to buy this uh, part well, of They don't property. have to sell the rest of their home, though. So just only 10% of that is gone. The token reaches its date where it has to, where that, that contract is finished. And so uh, money has to exchange hands. Now, I've just sold 10% of my home. Now, the whole rest of my home is not being sold, though, right? I'm not selling 100% of my home and then have to move. Um, you uh, have the right to buy this 10% at first place. So you have a privileged uh, uh, first hand, uh, which can buy at uh, market price this 10%. If you don't do this, then entire home is sold and you get 90% of cash. Um, yeah, I, and uh, token owners ha take ten percent of cash. If you have mortgage uh, when you apply for uh, token sale of your house, there will be two options. First is issue and sell tokens and cover your mortgage, which is preferable for investors. Or you can uh, sell the small part of uh, your house and still have mortgage. However, investors will dislike this because uh, they put additional risks to them in case of uh, market price decline. If this sounds unusual to those of you who are listening, it's because this is really the first time I've seen um, that any business has uh, attempted to tokenize liquid assets. I mean, when, when you said, Valentin, that you can own a part of Lo Mona Lisa, what does that mean? Like, can I, can I own the part of the smirk? <laughs> Uh, so, uh, why not? Uh, the problem with uh, illiquid assets is uh, that it takes uh, years to eternity to sell um, works of art uh, because transactions are very rare and uh, you will, would also pay 25% to third base and the price will depend a lot on uh, people who are gathered into the auction room. Uh, and uh, the kind of emotional kind of decision of the last uh, bidder, that, that's how the price is determined and it's very inefficient way. When you provide exposure, uh, when you provide opportunity to invest uh, millions of uh, small investors um, market and uh, they can resell these tokens uh, on a secondary market, then you get a big liquidity and liquidity premium and you uh, get uh, price discovery, transparency and uh, full market forces working to make this market efficient. 
Um, so, um, and uh, it's not a big problem to do so. You kind of do the same thing on our platform, like with your real estate, you sell part of uh, Mona Lisa to Crusty. And um, uh, Crusty either um, arranged in several years the sale of Mona Lisa. I just oh. want to say that I own part of Mona Lisa. That, that just yeah. that right there. It'd be yeah, a very, no, very small. Yeah. So Joel owns a piece of Mona Lisa. The Louvre has to then, now that now that a trustee has that 10% of Mona Lisa, Joel has a piece of Mona Lisa. Now I assume the Louvre has to actually sell the Mona Lisa so that way Joel can get his money for that Mona Lisa on that contract date. Is that a correct assumption? Um, yes, however, uh, what is more important is that even at settlement date, if uh, trustee arrange a new token sale, he can uh, uh, roll over uh, previous tokens. So he can um, buy back previous tokens and issue new tokens. Hmm. Uh, and um, uh, this means that physically he, trustee doesn't need to sell Mona Lisa. So it's, uh, he can roll over tokens, and uh, uh, if a trustee cannot roll over, then he sell uh, Mona Lisa. If you guys ever wondered just how deep this blockchain rabbit hole goes, it's one that Travis and I uh, continue to see that it goes deeper, deeper. We don't know <laughs> how deep this hole goes. It's fascinating stuff. Valentin Prebarajinsky, I think maybe I got it closer that time, the uh, CEO of LAToken.com. Uh, really briefly, I want our listeners to know about half of our audience is U.S.-based and the rest of you are other parts of the world, and we appreciate all of you. Uh, we've mentioned that there are certain tokens that fall under U.S. securities laws, and for that reason, some ICOs are not open to United States citizens. However, once the ICO is over, then I believe this token will be tradable, I would imagine, on an exchange. Is that correct, Valentin? Uh, um, yes, it will be available uh, at exchanges, and we are um, listing just in one week uh, to several exchanges. Uh, so our um, we have a very big uh, legal firm uh, and partners and uh, in-house in uh, lawyers, and um, uh, our board joined to chief compliance officers from Deutsche Börse, from uh, uh, China Construction Bank uh, from uh, COO UBS responsible for regulation and compliance. Uh, and uh, uh, so we uh, decided before we um, kind of uh, created a proper framework with uh, SEC, we do not do token sale at uh, USA. Um, and uh, it's not because a lot is different from other tokens. No, no. A lot is a utility token if compared with other tokens. It works the same way. However, we believe this uh, SAC may um, kind of uh, change attitude to entire token sales. And we do not want to put any, any risk. Um, so, a uh, lot is a utility token, however, we decided just to uh, protect uh, 
uh, the business uh, which uh, we are building sustainable for long term uh, and we, we are, I'm sorry it's not available for you. We got it. We got it. Well, we really appreciate it. This is Ochen Hara Show. Very good in in Russian. So, Valentin Prebrozhinsky, we really appreciate you jumping on. Thank you for that. And everyone, if you want to hear and watch us at the Bad Crypto Extra, we are going to do a video now where we can actually see the token, actually see their internal exchange. That might actually give some clarity to what we just heard. You're going to be actually be able to see it. You'll see where the dates are, how much of this lat token um, lot that you can, how much each thing costs and how it works. So cruise on over to YouTube. And that is badco.in forward slash YouTube. And join us over there. Thank you. Have a nice day. And it's always a pleasure to bring you those that are working with uh, companies doing cool and exciting things on the blockchain. Just, you know, imagine that, Travis. I want to own a piece of the Mona Lisa smile. Very nice. I think that would be very cool. There's all kinds of really interesting things, but I don't know if that's how that would work because it sounded like they they would have to you know sell 10% of that and then once they come to to get the money then they have to sell the Mona Lisa so don't disrupt my fantasy and okay. can i just say every time you say very nice i hear borat very, very nice is very, very nice <laughs> very nice I like well, thanks, everybody, for listening to this episode. As always, we appreciate your reviews, your comments, your questions. Call us at 708-885-9030. Still looking for some bad crypto chicks to call us and say the words, stay bad, so we can end the show with it. So where are you at, ladies? Uh, Travis, why don't you end the show like a lady saying it? Uh, yes, call us at 708-885-9030 to leave a message as a, as a real woman. Thank you, everybody. Stay bad. <laughs> <laughs>Crypto Podcast is a production of Bad Crypto LLC. The content of the show, the videos, and the website is provided for educational, informational, and entertainment purposes only. It's not intended to be and does not constitute financial, investment, or trading advice of any kind. You shouldn't make any decisions as to finances, investing, trading, or anything else based on this information without undertaking independent due diligence and consultation with a professional financial advisor. Please understand that the trading of bitcoins and alternative cryptocurrencies have potential risks involved. Anyone wishing to invest in any of the currencies or tokens mentioned on this podcast should first seek their own independent professional financial advisor.